This is Quotations, a podcast about words, written and spoken throughout history. If you can fill the unforgiving minute with 60 seconds worth of distance run, we shall fight in the hills. We shall never surrender. No matter where you're from, your dreams are valid. The Pale Blue Dot, the only home we've ever known. Hello and welcome to Quotations. I'm Matthew Monroe. Here's today's quote. What an astonishing thing a book is. It's a flat object made from a tree with flexible parts on which are imprinted lots of funny dark squiggles. But one glance at it and you're inside the mind of another person. Maybe somebody dead for thousands of years. Across the millennia, an author is speaking clearly and silently inside your head, directly to you. Writing is perhaps the greatest of human inventions, binding together people who never knew each other, citizens of distant epochs. Books break the shackles of time. A book is proof that humans are capable of working magic. And this room is filled with magic. Some of you may recognize that voice. That is, of course, Carl Sagan. Carl Sagan was born November 9th, 1934, in Brooklyn, New York, and died December 20th, 1996, at the age of 62, in Seattle, Washington. And Carl was many things. Carl was an astronomer, an astrophysicist, an astrobiologist, And, of course, the most important, naturally, being a contributor to the intro of this podcast. The pale blue dot line that you hear in the beginning of this, I deliberately chose as part of the intro because Carl Sagan is such an interesting character to me. He was, I think, all joking aside, his most important contribution was as a science communicator. And that particular role is one of his most important contributions to the world as we know it today. For many, anything beyond the scientific basics that we all learn in elementary, middle, and maybe high school may as well be a foreign language. And in some ways, it is. And it's long been my and others' complaint of engineers and scientists that while they do great and immensely important work, they communicate it extremely poorly, if at all, to the layman. And it's a difficult problem, right? If you're a scientist or an engineer and you live and work with the the 10-pound brain type folks, it can be very hard to snap out of that. Many of you know that I'm a a trained engineer and I work with engineers on a regular basis. And it can be hard at times to try to remember that not everybody has an engineering degree or a scientific background and that communicating is more than just communicating with fellow engineers and scientists. But people like Sagan and others do this extremely well. People like Bill Nye and Neil deGrasse Tyson and some others like David Attenborough or Nick Bostrom or even Elon Musk grab science and yank it from the clouds and make it approachable and appealing. And they do that with science and nature, engineering, technology. That's why I listed those names. There are many others. And they make it digestible to the non-scientific community. Bill Nye did this via an old show called Bill Nye the Science Guy. More recently, Bill Nye Saves the World. 
Neil deGrasse Tyson has done this via his series The Universe and his ongoing YouTube channel, which has called Star Talk. And Sagan did it via a very famous series of shows called Cosmos. And actually, today's quote comes from one of those episodes. It's episode 11 of that. And in episode 11 of Cosmos, which you can find on YouTube, and it's in the old uh, 4x3 format. That's how you know how old it is. But it's not in it's not in widescreen, so um, be prepared for a square a square screen in front of you, or almost a square screen. Sagan explains a lot of things, and he does so very eloquently. He explains cells and DNA and how binary systems work and how the brain works and and also books which is clearly what today's quote is about all in less than 60 minutes it's quite impressive so here's the quote one more time listen to it and see what jumps out to you and then we'll talk about it for just a moment what an astonishing thing a book is it's a flat object made from a tree with flexible parts on which are imprinted lots of funny dark squiggles. But one glance at it, and you're inside the mind of another person. Maybe somebody dead for thousands of years. Across the millennia, an author is speaking clearly and silently inside your head, directly to you. Writing is perhaps the greatest of human inventions, binding together people who never knew each other, citizens of distant epochs. Books break the shackles of time. A book is proof that humans are capable of working magic. And this room is filled with magic. And I'm sure, dear listener, that you can guess my thoughts on books. Books are incredible, as Sagan so eloquently puts it here. Sometimes they transport us to a faraway or mythical land, right? Sometimes they educate us. Sometimes they provide us an escape. Sometimes they make us think and grow. Other times they inform us of the world around us. Sometimes they do multiples of those things all within the same pages. And Sagan, of course, at the very end, you know, I think the the thing that jumps out to most people is that he calls them magic, which seems antithetical to a scientist. But is it really? I mean, is it if, if you agree with what I said before about transporting us to a different place in time, if you've ever lost yourself in a book, felt emotions from, as Sagan puts it, some of those funny, dark squiggles on a page, is that not magic? I mean, what else does that? Perhaps music, but music arguably is a form of writing. It's strange squiggles put onto a cleft instead of um, instead of onto a blank page, but it's a form of writing. It's a language, discernible, readable by some, and completely foreign to others. But when you read Shakespeare or London or Frost or Gandhi, they speak to us from beyond the grave, right? Is that not a form of magic? I mean, how else are you going to communicate with the dead? Um, how else do the dead, more importantly, how else do the dead communicate with us? So don't get wrapped up in the term magic here. I think it's I think the point is that if you've ever read a book, let's say you you have read Lord of the Rings, you know, J.R.R. Tolkien's masterpiece. It's been made into movies and additional books, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. If you ever felt transported into 
Mordor or any of the any of the other environments that exist there. I mean, the man invented languages to write those books. I mean, the Elven language is a completely fabricated language specifically for that book. And so if you ever felt yourself consumed, as if you could see yourself, if you could almost feel the grass under your feet and see Frodo and the other characters going about whatever there is, or, or um, if you're a fan of Game of Thrones and you've ever felt like you could be there, you could see yourself with a shield and a sword competing for control of, of the world. Um, it's Those are powerful images, and they all come through books. They all come through those funny little squiggles on a piece of paper. And a piece of paper is nothing but a portion of a tree that's flattened out and lined with those squiggles. And crafted well, they allow us to communicate communicate across space and time. In fact, one of my favorite quotes from uh, a course that I was in a couple of years back came from the one of the one of the leaders of the school. And he said, learn how to write. One of the purposes of the school, learn how to write so that your voice can echo across space and time. And how true is that? I mean, Shakespeare's been dead for hundreds of years, and yet his works are so profound, his writing so poignant, that it is still the source of high school English classes, and more so even the entire degree programs built around classics, built around Shakespearean plays. And so if this all seems a little too philosophical or heady or woo-woo, um, so be it. I mean, books are, books are, in a way, magical, if you don't get lost in that term too much. And books are, in my and, and arguably Sagan's mind, something to be explored and cherished. They're fascinating. There's something about them that is profound. You you are reading and absorbing the words of someone else that they deliberately crafted. And, and writing a book can take years, a, a lifetime. There are books that remained unfinished that were somebody's life's work. If you've ever read Infinite Jest, that book is 1,200 pages long or something like that, and it follows a meandering course, but you feel transported. You can almost see yourself in, in certain parts of that. It speaks to you. The author speaks to you from across space and time. And I think that's sometimes lost on us, but it allows you to be exposed to things that you might otherwise never be exposed to. It allows you to take a step into a world. We've talked a lot about you know fictional worlds, but if you read a book about the Vietnam War from the Vietnamese perspective. It puts you in a time, place, and nationality that you're probably not. If you're the demographic listener that, you know, the various systems tell me listen to this, you're probably not from Vietnam. You're probably not Vietnamese. You probably were not alive during the Vietnam War. And so reading a book about a very real event in life from another person's perspective puts you momentarily to a degree in that person's shoes. So too with, with any book on whether it be the Holocaust or Genghis Khan or the civil wars in, in Africa or apartheid or any, anything like that. If you read about Sir Edmund Hillary's Ascent of Everest, most people, 
the vast, vast majority of people will never climb Everest. I will almost certainly never climb Everest, but I can read about it. And I can be transported for a moment in time to Nepal to begin scaling those cliffs and scaling those, those, uh, the, the snow and ice to reach the summit there. You can be taken to the deepest depths of the ocean, the highest points on planet Earth, and out into the solar system and beyond. And books do that in a magical way. And I think that's what uh, Carl Sagan is, is trying to convey here. And this is why his words are so important. This is why his contributions as a science communicator are so important. Because otherwise, a book is just a book. But when somebody like Carl Sagan takes it under their wing, and they start talking about it in these eloquent terms, and he created a series called The Cosmos, which is 2021, and I just watched a number of episodes of The Cosmos to gain a deeper appreciation of some of the things that he put out there. That endures in space and time as well. And that's why we're so fortunate. And... There are certainly far more books in print than can ever be read in a lifetime. And I won't lie, there's a little part of me that, that is sad at that fact. But it's true. There is far more out there than we could ever read in a single lifetime. Even with audiobooks and things of that nature, you're still more content than you can ever read. And it's not just true of books, it's also true of articles and papers and, and things of that nature. You can be, you can absorb someone else's knowledge, someone else's hard-earned knowledge by reading a paper that they publish or an article that they write that's informative. Every year we generate tens of thousands of, of, of works, millions of works that most will, will go unread. Some will rise to the top. Some will end up on the New York Times bestseller list or receive some type of scientific or engineering community accolade and be hoisted into the public conversation. But for the most part, most of the things that are produced won't be read by large groups of people, but the ones that are are normally profound. It's why you see so many lists of things. You're, people are trying to help other people focus their attentions on things that are of interest to them, things that are of value, things that will have the greatest impact. And some of the most brilliant writers are able to do that. They're able to transport and educate and make us think and also give us an escape all at once. And that's a fantastic skill. And as a result, Carl Sagan would say that books really are, in their own way, a form of magic. Writing is one of those things that separates us from all other animals. No other animal does this to the extent that we do. No other animal publishes writings the way that we do. If you look at the important milestones throughout history, one of them was the invention of the printing press because it made books widely available. It created an impetus for people to learn to read. You didn't have to be able to write, but you certainly wanted to be able to read because now books were readily available and easy to find. And nowadays, we don't even need a printing press. All you need is a keyboard and a connection to the internet. And you can generate writings that instead of filling a flat page with strange squiggles, you can fill a computer screen with those same flat squiggles or same strange squiggles and communicate your thoughts and ideas across time and space to other people. You can share your knowledge. You can share your thoughts and observations on the world with others that you will never meet. You will never meet a fraction 
of a percentage of the 8 billion people that are on planet Earth right now. But you can reach a significantly larger portion through writing. You can reach people across the globe. You can reach people who have yet to be born by the things that you create if you put them out into the world in the form of writing. And as I said, it makes me a little bit sad that there's more content than I could ever absorb. There's a there's a weird part of me that wishes that I could download and all of the all of the writings and immediately have them implanted into my brain and wouldn't that be neat? Pale pales me to think of what <laughs> what the end result might be if I were able to absorb all the writings of all the cultures in all the world. And that's another important point is that there are a lot of writings out there that aren't even in your language. Now, if you're fortunate enough to speak English, which is the international language of business, then there's a good chance that even if something is not, it's pretty easily translatable or somebody is or has translated it into English for you. But imagine living somewhere where the language that you speak is pretty rare. Um, maybe it's only spoken regionally or nationally in your country and nowhere else. It's not English or French or Spanish. There are things that you may never have access to. So even all the things that are out there, you can't even access them because you don't have them in your own language. And that's unfortunate as well. But even though there's more that can ever be read that's been printed, it gives me both a task and a hope, which is why I almost always have multiple books at any given time that I'm reading or listening to, usually some combination of those, across a variety of topics. Because not only does it generate content for this podcast, but it also allows me to try to make a dent in the ever-growing pile of books that are out there to be transported to other places as often as I'm able. So today, there's the, the question that I have for you all, is what are you reading? If nothing, change that change that. I'm very rarely directive on this on this podcast, but if you're not reading something, I encourage you to do so. Read something. Read anything. Because in that reading, you will find yourself learning, growing, escaping, being transported elsewhere, and you'll get to experience a little bit of what Carl Sagan calls magic. So today as we close, Embrace that magic. Embrace that human-generated magic and read. Until next time, I'm Matthew Monroe. This is Quotations, and thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode and would like to hear more, please subscribe in your favorite podcast app or visit me at quotationspod.com to download and listen. Please also take a moment to recommend the podcast to a friend. That's a huge help. You can tweet at me at quotationspod. Send me an email to quotationspod at gmail.com. Find me on Instagram at quotationspod or join the conversation on Facebook at quotationspod. I look forward to hearing from you. Welcome your feedback and thanks as always for listening.